Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week we have a special combined worship service with Well of Hope Evangelical Lutheran Church and New Hope Presbyterian Church. It's World Communion Sunday, and we're celebrating together as two denominations and two churches together. The sermon is based on Matthew 21, 23-32, and first part is by Pastor Jordan at New Hope Presbyterian Church, and the second part of the sermon is by Nick Leiter, who is the pastor at Well of Hope. Today's scripture is from Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 through 32. When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. And if you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. Well, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd for all regard John as a prophet. And so they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, We're going to do kind of a special little sermon time. I guess that's what you would call it, sermon time. (laughs) Uh, I'm taking the first couple verses that Nancy Founts had read. uh, And then Nick's going to take the next verses uh, that the person from Well of Hope read. And so we're going to kind of come at it from two different, I guess, a Presbyterian way and a Lutheran way, maybe. Uh, Our scripture today for Matthew 21, as you heard it earlier, is a story of Jesus in the temple and the authorities uh, questioning him. And this comes shortly after he had kind of, you know, that story that we all love where he tosses the tables and takes the whip and chases the people out of the temple uh, for putting up the market in the temple. And so he's back, and now the leaders are like, we don't care for this guy. He's messing with things, right? And uh, he's messing with things because this is our things. This is our authority and a power here, not his. 
And so the question today from the, the verses that I'm preaching on is this. Whose authority do you follow? Whose authority are you faithful to in your own life? So in the temple, we see Jesus returning there, and those who perceived his presence and actions a threat to their positions, the chief priests, scribes, elders, uh, they choose this path of manipulation. Their, Their questions, they're trying to trap Jesus. We see this in all these interactions with Jesus when he's being questioned by the local authorities. It's always trying to trap him, right? And we see this a lot in our own world where we ask questions where we try to trap people. I think the the best example to me is if there's a really good journalist, they can do that really well. It's kind of the same type of uh, questioning. Their motivations, though, aren't really hidden. They're trying to trap him so that they can uh, push him off to the side and say he has no authority here. But we do. So any answer Jesus would give could signal trouble for him, uh, either from the people who followed or for themselves. Oh, hang on one second, I messed that up. Uh, and <laughs> the blatantly seek to trap Jesus with manipulative questions, but if Jesus answered one way, then the authorities would be able to discredit him. If he answered another way, the people that were following him uh, maybe would question his authority then too. So he was in a rock and a hard place. So these religious leaders, it's a question that continues to resonate with us today, but their question is about um, the source of power and legitimacy of Jesus' authority and his actions in the world. Because we don't want to lose power when we have it, right? We like to have control as human beings. We, we just love having control. We even do things that make it seem like we have control, but we really don't. And I think, ultimately, uh, the question with Jesus, with the, the religious authorities, is this question of what authority are you living by? What authority are you faithful to? I think in, if you think of leadership and see Jesus' leadership within his ministry, it's, it's all about the fact that he can uh, speak truth, truth that calls for fearlessness and courage, being able to speak truth, to stand up for what's right in situations, even when it feels like you're being pressured to go with the opinions of the crowd. Fear can warp and distort the judgment of those who are called to lead, and I think this is something... I'm aware of it as a leader within our church of fear can change things. Fear is a powerful motivator, right? Fear is a powerful motivator, as well as shame and guilt. But fear moves people. Fear gets people out. Fear gets people to uh, do things that normally they wouldn't do. And so if you're a leader, if I'm a pastor leading out of fear, we're going down a wrong path rather than fearlessness within the faith and courage in Christ. There's a a popular saying in West Africa, an ancient saying, that says, power is like an egg. When held too tightly, it may break, or it falls and breaks when held loosely. And so we balance this out between holding too hard to our power and authority 
But then if we hold it too loose, we may drop it. But the good thing about, for us as Christians, as people of faith, is that we only have one authority to follow. And we don't have to hold on to it until it breaks. God's already has that covered. So Jesus responds then to their question with a counter question like he always does, right? How infuriating would it be to have a conversation with Jesus sometimes? You'd ask a question, you're like, just tell me the answer, Jesus. And he'd ask you another question, you're like, I'm going crazy. So he responds with the question about authority of John the Baptist because he knew his audience. He knew his audience uh, believed in John the Baptist as a prophet. So he redirects the focus from human authority to divine authority. John's baptism was a symbol of repentance and transformation, reminding us that God's authority is rooted in love and redemption. In the Gospel of Matthew, the heart of discipleship is releasing fear, becoming free to take up the cross of following Jesus wherever compassion compels us. So as we reflect on this scripture and this question of authority and what authority do we follow, I think our ultimate authority is God's boundless love. We try to do that here at New Hope, and I know Well of Hope does that as well. I think that's a key part of this table when we practice an open table. It's all about helping us transform our hearts to understand that God's love doesn't have borders around it. It doesn't have um, restrictions but all are welcome to it. We're committed to living this out in love, embracing one another, working together to make our lives about something greater than ourselves. I think in a world filled with complex and sometimes conflicting authorities, let us always choose the authority of love, compassion, and inclusion. Those are our guide as Christians, as a church, as two churches together. This brings up a a story uh, recently. A seminary I went to uh, recently became an independent seminary where it was tied to the denomination I grew up in before. And they did this because there's been a huge conflict and and arguments and splitting of the church over, uh, I may get snarky with this, but over a non-decision, okay? Nick laughs because he knows very well what's going on. Uh, So in the RCA, the denomination I came from, uh, there's people that were upset because there's a different classes within the Northeast that's uh, marrying uh, uh, LGBTQ people and ordaining them. And our constitution doesn't say that's allowed. And so it's this infighting, right, of like, we have to stop them. But then, ultimately, our polity, not our polity, was my polity. My polity now is Presbyterianism, all right? (laughs) In good process, in good order. But it gives a lot of room and power to individual classes to do ministry within their context. And so then it's this argument of like, we have to make this decision, but there was no decision made right? But a bunch of churches have left. They've left. And now the seminary is left because it's a problem for fundraising. So what authority are they following? I know money and finances are are a real thing in our world that we have to deal with and make decisions on. 
But when ultimately your decisions come from just simply that, that's going to be your authority from here on out. So when we, in times like these, we must ask ourselves, with everything going on in our world, the conflicts we have, the arguing we have with one another, the divisions, we ask ourselves if we're aligning with the authority of God's love or with our own worldly concerns. So as we navigate the challenging waters of authority, both in the broader world and with our, in our own hearts, let us remember that our faith calls us to be courageous in seeking the truth, even when it challenges the status quo. Let's, let us be motivated by God's love, which transcends our differences and welcomes it all and embraces it. Jesus does kind of give an answer in this uh, scripture, but Nick's going to preach on that, so I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> Nick. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. I remember when I was growing up, my brother and I would sit in the living room and watch TV, and um, there would be weekends where one of my parents would come in and make the announcement of it being cleaning weekend. We are going to clean the house this weekend. I need you to clean your rooms. And like clockwork, my older brother would absolutely flip his lid. He would go off. Why do I have to clean my room? I cleaned it last week. No one goes up there anyway except for me. It's fine. I don't have to clean my room. I'm not cleaning my room. I won't do it. And like clockwork, my parents would react in kind and flip their lids as well and make absolutely sure that my brother cleaned his room. I, on the other hand, learned very early that if I would simply say, you got it, walk upstairs, I'm on it, and just sit there for 20 minutes... <laughs> Listen to the radio, read Harry Potter, come back down the stairs and start watching TV again. No one would be any other wiser. Um, sometimes I would even bring a vacuum cleaner up there and just switch it on and just let it run. <laughs> 20 minutes. Um, nobody was checking on me, so I didn't have to do it. And we laugh about it now in my family. Um, what I'm saying is, is that story hits home for me. Uh, for some pretty obvious reasons, and I feel for the brother that says he will go, but doesn't. And because I feel for that brother or the religious authorities, I think what happens next in the parable is pretty interesting. Jesus says, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and prostitutes are going into the dominion of God ahead of you, for John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and prostitutes believed him. And I think that's interesting because it is a spot in the narrative where the last shall be first and the first shall be last, and we cheer about it because the outsiders of the world acted like the son who changed their minds and have repented to do God's will, and because of this, they are entering the kingdom of God. They are entering the kingdom of God. And not someday, but that day. And this is an important thing to remember and to understand. 
Like, they don't get cutsies at the cartoon pearly gates. There's not a fast pass at Disney World to cut the line and get into heaven before anybody else. That's not how the dominion of God works or how the kingdom of heaven works in Matthew. Instead, it is happening now, in real time. And they are entering the kingdom of heaven because they have changed their minds. They experience the joy of eternal living because they have repented and returned to God the way of God. They are eating with Jesus now. They are living in community with one another. They are asking for forgiveness. They are living generously and sharing all they have with others because they have experienced generosity and they are trying to figure out what God is up to in their lives. This is the kingdom of heaven now on earth when they are alive. They are leaving the old authority they followed, the way of the world and the pressures of shame and trying to keep up. And they are following now the gospel baptism authority of John the Baptist and Jesus who cries out in the wilderness, repent. That is the kingdom of heaven. They are going one way, which has not worked for them, either because of who they are or what they have done and how the systems works, and they leave it, and they repent, and they follow a new way instead. And blessed are they, because the kingdom of heaven is theirs. But, and it is an important but, The door remains open for the religious authorities, too, that don't do what Jesus has asked. The ones who, like the first brother, said he would go but doesn't. The sex workers and tax collectors are going on ahead of them because they are admitting that they don't have it all together first. They are repenting now. They are realizing that they need grace now, while the religious folks, the one society says has it all together, the ones who do a little bit better job of hiding their mess, who get their kids to soccer practice on time, the ones who can pretend just a little bit better, they don't repent because they don't have to. Not yet. Nobody is checking up on them. While the authorities pretend that they have their lives together and say they will get right on it and follow a new authority and will get right out into the vineyard and work, will get right out there and serve the poor, and will get right out there to live into real vulnerable community, they don't. And so they do not enter the kingdom of heaven. Yet, But the text alludes that they will. And that is good. That is good news for those of us who say we want this way of God and say we will, but don't repent of the old way, the old authority, because even when we are living like everything is fine, even though it is not fine, the dominion of God stays open for us. 
hearts and minds that have grown withered and cold can soften again. They can change. They can live anew. And thank God for that. Because I don't know about you, but I still have this habit of saying I will get right on it. Of saying that I have it all together. Of saying that everything is just fine. But I don't. It's not fine. I haven't grown out of this. Not completely. I still say I will. I still act the part sometimes of one who follows the way of God. But sometimes I don't. I still act like if I just say the right thing, no one will notice the hurt and the disorder in my life. Instead, I walk in and turn on the vacuum. Instead, I show up for church on Sunday or post that thing on social media or show up for the function with a smiley face and a joke and come downstairs and say, job well done, nothing to see here, everything is fine. I still put on the good face for my family and friends. I'm still living the same way, though. I'm still not repenting. I'm still not changing my heart. I still hate my neighbor sometimes. I still catch myself sometimes living according to the authority of the world. Shame, fear, greed still rule my life instead of the love and grace and generosity of Jesus. I still catch myself trying to maintain a good face that the world has told me I need to keep up even though Jesus says I actually don't need to keep up that I'm not perfect after all, and that I am free from that lie that the world tells us. I still catch myself not living into the kingdom life that I so desperately need and crave. And the good news is that even when we catch ourselves outside of the dominion of heaven, the door remains open. And that is grace. God's grace abounds wildly for all. The door does not shut ever. The kingdom of heaven is wide open. It is available now. We are being led now, not some glad morning when this life is over, but today by a God who loves us and desperately wants us to live into the way that God desires for, for us, full of grace and new recreation, simply because it is good. It is a joy to live that way. It is how we experience the kingdom of heaven. That path is open now and today and tomorrow and the next day and every day after for when we mess up. The way of God, the way of Jesus, it is found in constant daily repentance and changing of the heart daily and daily receiving grace for ourselves and for our neighbor. Alleluia, for this is the dominion of God and grace has come wonderfully near. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. 
If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.